Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friends, welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris. Think Red Ink Ministries, Pytown, New Mexico. Hey, you want to write to us? You can do so. P.O. Box 718 Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. And tell us what you think of our particular program here. What are we doing? Our goal is to reinforce Christianity with the wisdom and words of Jesus, which we forgot. <laughs> and we essentially don't read anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, you have, you have to ask yourself the question, do I know Jesus? Do I know what he did? Do I know what he said for me to do? Uh, this series is based on Jesus, his life, and his friends, and his ministry, and his relationship with his Father, which, by the way, is what we are supposed to use as some kind of an example for us. And we're going we're gonna to learn how to think red ink, but, and we're going to do so by finding ourselves immersed totally in the words of Jesus. Now, we are in chapter 58 now of uh, our little book called The Words of Jesus, and this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. A lawyer asked Jesus, Master, what thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him with a question. Do you have my book, The Questions of Jesus? <laughs> you should have that book. Um, you know, you can get it at Amazon, any, any of the bookstores you want. It comes in paperback or hardback or whatever you, you know, want on your shelf. Uh, you can actually write to me. I'll send you an audio copy for free. Uh, everything that we produce here at Th Think Red Ink Ministries, we provide to people at no charge uh, under commission of the Lord that we're not to charge for ministry. And um, so... The questions of Jesus, 151 questions that he asked while he was on the earth. And his questions are so probing and they're so deep. And uh, does, that, does the size of that book scare you? It shouldn't. It's, it's like 500 pages. But truth is, is that every one of the questions, that's about eight, maybe 12 minutes reading. And you can use this as a daily devotion. You can use the audio book and listen to it on the way to work. Um, but uh, I would encourage you to uh, ask me for that. I'll be glad to send it to you. I can't send it to you unless you ask me, but um, if you do, I'll be glad to send it to you because his questions are amazing. When you think about the fact that these questions are formulated in the mind of the Son of God, it's just uh, it's an amazing thing to even think about. I mean, when he, when he formulates a sentence, He's, he's formulating it not from a, you know, just the wisdom of a man 60, 70, 80 years old. We're talking about somebody that's been around a long time, the creator of the earth. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of weight behind what he has to say. Here he decided to, to answer this question with a question. He asked the, the young child, the young boy, I, I, you know, they, they say... Uh, uh, a young man, and he could be 30, 35 years old. But he asked him a question. When he said, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus did what he always does when this question is asked. It's odd, 
that this question was asked four different times in three different Gospels and answered the same way every time. What's even odder than that, is that a word? I'm not sure. What's even more odd than that is that if you ask this question to a thousand preachers today, if it were physically possible, you would not get the answer that Jesus gave this young man. That is amazing to me. You wonder why we're trying to reinforce Christianity with the words of Christ? We don't use them. We don't know them. They don't fit in our doctrines. They don't fit in our, in our uh, Sunday school literature. They, don't, they just don't fit in our denomination. So we just discard them, I assume. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Can you answer that question? If somebody asked you that question, could you answer that question? Uh, chances are, you couldn't. I ask Christians a lot that very question. What, is it, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I'm amazed at some of the answers. Unbelievable, just wild, crazy stuff. And so a lot of the conventional stuff that is, uh, you know, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's just, it's bad because it's bad theology. It's bad because it's not scripture. Um, most of the time, when people do try to, uh, try to answer this question, they will apply... Jesus' answer to the, this young ruler, they will apply the answer to his second question to the first. You ever heard, you might be thinking right now as we're talking about this and you're thinking about this fellow saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I'm asking you, do you know what he said? Are you aware of what he said? Do you, are, is, is it in your mental library to to know the answer and you're sitting there thinking let's see what did he say oh i remember he told him to go and sell everything he had well what you've done is you've fallen into the very trap if you want to call it a trap uh of uh, uh the common answer for this question is that he told him to sell everything he had yeah he did but that was the answer to the second question the first question was what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know the answer? His answer was simple. Keep the commandments. Does that go against your grain? Does that go against your denomination? Well, sure it does. Nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks that keeping the commandments are going to lead you to eternal life. Nobody. Okay, there might be a handful of people out there, but... You know, what's a number divided by infinity? Isn't it zero? <laughs> so, how many people believe this? Zero. I mean, because it's just an infinite number of preachers out there that will not answer that question the way Jesus did. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Four different times the question was asked. In three different Gospels, it's recorded. Jesus never varied from this. What's written in the law? How do you read the law? What does the law say? In one case, he flatly answered him, keep the commandments. The little guy says, well, you know what? I've done that from my youth. Jesus said, good, this do, and thou shalt live. Did you know this conversation even took place? A lot of people don't. 
They read this so fast, and they read over these words, and we all just kind of sit there, and yeah, 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 and we just believe what we're being told, and just we're hardly being told anything. How about doing what Jesus said to do? Keep the commandments. You're going to avoid that? I don't know that that's smart. The young man says, I've done this since my, from my youth. What lack I yet? Second question. What do I lack? Now, Jesus answered the question, what do I lack with? Go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Why do we apply one question to the other? Because we can deal with that second question. Well, Jesus really didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah, that's really not what you got to do to be saved. You know, but this is a spiritual thing. He was, he was speaking spiritually or whatever else, other excuses they come up with. But they can deal with that a little better than keep the commandments. Nobody wants to keep the commandments. The commandments are, are likely the most hated part of the scriptures. Oh, no, not, thou shalt not kill. Everybody likes that one. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, there's some people that don't like that, but, so, but most people think, yeah, that's a good commandment. All of them are great. They're all wonderful. I love them, everyone. Except that Sabbath thing. That we can do without. That passed away. <laughs> so he says... What's written in the law? How readest thou? The lawyer replied, I, I want to I explain to you that a lawyer in the scripture is not an attorney. A lawyer in the scripture is, a, is known as a doctor of the law. This fellow was well acquainted with the scriptures. He was likely a scribe or learning to be a scribe. It was uh, people who it was their business to copy out the scriptures. So they were very familiar with words and letters, paper and ink and these kind of things, they had examined the law to the degree that essentially nobody else did. And uh, so this fellow was likely learning to do this or whatever, but he was called a lawyer, which means a doctor of the law. And then he replied, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor is thyself. Well, Jesus said, you've answered right. Jesus one time said, because he was asked, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, well, the first and most important commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. Now, there are people in, in New Testament times, in, in modern Christianity, that because they, they can't accept the law as a whole um, and, and, and complete ten commandments of God, he chose to give us ten, not nine. And uh, because they can't accept that, they like to say, well, I don't keep the ten, but I keep the two. Friend, if you've ever said that, um, if you'd like to renege now, we can just let you renege on that and we can move on. If you want to hold to that, I have some bad news for you. You're not keeping either one of those commandments. As a matter of fact, if that, was po if that were possible, that a human being could love God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, there'd be no need for Jesus Christ. 
If you could love your neighbor as yourself, there'd be no need of redemption. Because if those things are possible, then what in the world did Jesus do? What in the world has he come for? Why don't we just keep the law, keep those two commandments, and everything will be just fine? Because it's impossible. You cannot do that. It is a great and wonderful law. Both of the laws are, are very, very important. Jesus makes the statement, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. However, our Lord God, knowing that we can't keep these two commandments, has given us a wonderful, wonderful gift. It is the gift of the ten. How is the law a gift? Because you can do all the ten. You can't love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but you can respect Him. You can respect His name. You can not worship other gods before Him. You can keep the Sabbath day. You cannot take His name in vain. And, and you can't love your neighbor as yourself. I know you think you do, but you don't. You're not concerned about your neighbor's welfare above your own. Come on, who does that? Absolutely nobody I've ever met. Some of the kindest and most wonderful men I know, you know that, that spend a lot of time and money and effort to take care of their neighbor. And they do a wonderful job at it. They still, don't, they still don't do it in deference to their own selves. I don't know that we can. These kind of things are, are, are just almost impossible. Well, they are impossible. That's why the Lord gave us, okay, here's where we're going from here. I want you to honor your parents. I want you to not kill, not steal, not commit adultery. And wait a minute, I, I think I can do those things. Now, now you're understanding that the, that the Ten Commandments are our gift to us. Because if he held us to those other two, we would never attain eternal life. Never. It would never happen. It would be as if God said, thou shalt walk on water. That's how impossible it is. Now, if he says, okay, I realize you can't walk on the water, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a boat, and you need to learn to stand up in it while you're, while you're rowing. <laughs> you know what? I've seen that done. I think I might be able to do that. Okay, that'll do. That's a gift. I'm going to honor you as if you keep all ten commandments, uh, as if you're keeping these two commandments, because you're keeping these ten. It's a gift to us. As the apostle says, the commandments of the Lord are not grievous. They're easy to do. This is not a problem. Anybody can keep the law. Wow, that is that 180 degrees diametrically opposed to what's being preached today? Yes, it is. You can't keep the law. You can't live a day without sin. Why did they do that? Why did they even come up with that idea? That's not so course you can live a day without sin if you can live a minute without sin you can live a day without sin if you can live a day without sin you can do it seven times if you do it seven times you lived a week without sin wouldn't that be nice somebody asked you have you sinned this week nope i haven't people ask me all the time do you sin no i don't well how can you say that you're a liar the bible says you're a liar i said no the bible says i'm a liar if I look you in the eye and tell you that I am without sin, of course I've sinned. I'm not an idiot, <laughs> but 
Did I sin today? Is that what you're asking me? Absolutely not. Did I sin this week? No, I didn't. How about this month? No, I don't think so. You want to go back two or three months? Perhaps there is some problems in there, from, you know, here and there. But, hey, that's what, you know, our advocate with the Father is all about, is it not? To back up, repent, start over, then, you know, receive forgiveness and pardon and atonement for our, the mistakes we make. I'm not saying that this is just, you can do this, friend. You can do this. I hear people talk about, you know, asking God to forgive them, forgive me of my sins, the ones that I know and the ones that I don't know. The ones I know about and the ones I don't know about. I want you to think about that a moment. The Bible says if you sin willfully, these are the sins you know about, if you sin willfully, after you've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Who's the adversaries? Those who sin? The Bible says by this we know that we are born of God. How do we know that? Well, you see, the, the Bible continues... <laughs> You see, the children of God, they don't sin. And the children of the wicked one, why, they sin. That's how you know the difference between God's people and people who aren't God's people. One group over here doesn't sin. This group over here does sin. Wow, this is just so simple. How can it be that? Oh, no, there's no difference in us. The only difference, what is that silly bumper sticker? Uh, Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. I got news for you, friend. You haven't been forgiven yet. You might have had your sins atoned. If you don't know the difference in those two words, I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> or you can find out on your own. But, uh, you know, forgiveness comes when we stand before God and our eternity begins when we have endured to the end. Not now. You're not saved now. You're not forgiven now. How can you be forgiven of sins you haven't committed yet? Oh, I, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. That's what the preachers tell you. You're forgiven of sins past, present, and future. Well, is that not just a, a Baptist rendition of Catholic indulgence? Isn't that, isn't that how you get forgiveness of sins in the future? Pay a little money to the priest? Isn't that the way you do that? Okay, so we don't collect money for it. But we tell people that your sins are forgiven in the future? How smart is that? How, how intelligent could that be? And if, during, and if enduring to the end has no value, no purpose, no intention, what difference does it make? Look, you know what the Bible says? You're forgiven of sins that are past. That's what the Bible says. Are you sure it doesn't say present and future? Mm-hmm, I'm sure. You're forgiven of sins that are past. That's how you, that's, that's what happens. Your, your sins of the past are atoned until you stand before Jesus Christ, the judge of all the earth, and he judges you according to the deeds done in the flesh. How are you going to deal with that? Oh yeah, I forgot been a long time since i've been in conventional christianity but i can remember some of these things if you're a christian 
You'll never stand before the white throne of judgment. <laughs> okay. I'm looking. I don't see it. It's not in here. Where did you get that? Where did you get that from? Did you just make that up out of your head? All right. Okay, am I off the subject? I don't know. It's all the subject, isn't it? This poor kid, he says, I want to inherit eternal life. Jesus Christ says, you are on the right track. You keeping the commandments? That's exactly the way you do this. But he says, you know what? I don't kill. Sometimes I want to. I want to fix that. I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to want to. I don't commit adultery. But sometimes I want to. <laughs> Jesus says, oh, you know what's the matter with you? You want to be made, and he used the word perfect, but our King James uses the word perfect when he says, what you're looking for is completeness. You want to be changed. You want to be regenerated. The law can't do that for you, son. The law, can, yeah, you can get in, you can have eternal life, but you see, you need to be regenerated. That's what I do. See, I'm the son of God. And that's my job, to make you worthy of being. And if you'll believe on me, if you'll receive me, I'll give you the power to become a son of God yourself. Really? I think I've found what I'm looking for. Because that's really what I want. Jesus says, do you sure you really want this? Well, why wouldn't I? It's going to cost you everything you have. Oh, you're speaking figuratively, right? You're speaking spiritually right now, right? No, I'm not. You know all these possessions you have? They're keeping you from being complete. They're keeping you from being the man that I created you to be. Here's an idea, though. There's a lot of people that don't have anything. You could sell all that stuff and help them. You see... Uh, this is a beautiful story when you think about it. If you got rid of these things that are holding you back, you could become regenerate. So what's he do? He thinks to himself, I don't know. It took me a long time to gain all this stuff. And I don't know. The price is kind of high. I'll think about it. It went away sorrowful. Because he had many possessions. Jesus looked at his, at his disciples and said, You know what? He's not going to see the kingdom of God on the earth. He's not going to live in the kingdom of God. Well, why not? You see how difficult that was for him? Why? Because he's a rich man. It's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Well, well then who then can be saved? Well, here's the good news, guys. What's impossible with men, it's possible with God. You see, I didn't want to tell him right away, but the truth is, is if he wants to, he may not even have to. But you can't tell people that. If you tell people that, they're going to insist that they really do want to, so that they don't have to. Knowing that they don't have to allows them to say that they really want to. Wow. He's describing, he's describing modern Christianity. 
there he goes again, showing us, you know, that's exactly the way we feel. You don't have to give up anything for Jesus. Just keep whatever you've got. He loves drummers. He needs drummers in the kingdom of God. So if your talent is to be a drummer, you can be saved. And tomorrow night, we'll have a drum concert. <laughs> no. You see, the key to being a Christian is to let everything go. Let that, let that talent die. Let it pass away. If God wants it, he can raise it from the dead. That's what he does. We have to have, we have, to have what we own resurrected. We have to have it reinstituted. It has to be by the will and, and, and the purpose of God. Who wants to do this? Jesus was always concerned about this. I'm always concerned about this. So what have you given? In exchange for yourself. Oh my goodness. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know if I like that kind of talk. I know you don't like it. What have you given? You know, people, they'll, they'll tell you in a heartbeat that they've been saved. I've been saved. But it cost you. It was nothing. It was free. I don't think you understand free. I don't think you get it. There's no way. There is no way that you've received salvation from God and it cost you nothing. There is no way that that could happen. But there are millions of people convinced of it because that they learn that, well, you know, you give, you give and you get a hundredfold return. Oh, cool. Well, that's, that's good. So I don't have to give up anything. I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to make money on this deal? Is that the idea? If I become a Christian, my life's going to get better. My wife's going to get sweeter and better looking. And, uh, and all my kids are going to come home. I'm going to get a better job. Oh, yeah, sign me up. Wow, I don't know where you got that from. But you never hear Jesus talking like that. You want satisfaction within yourself? You want to be perfect within yourself? I can help you. I can help you. First, you're going to have to keep the commandments. Second, you're going to have to become regenerated. I can help you with these things. And by the way, uh, as far as you, the life you have now, it's got to go. Wow, friend, I just don't believe that. Okay. All right, do the best you can. I wish you the best. Hope it all works out. I bet it doesn't. Or my God and his son is a liar. And he's unduly worrying people about, thing they have, about something they have no business to worry about. This is, this is, this doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't make sense to you. And if it doesn't make sense to you, it's probably because you haven't experienced what I'm talking about. Sorry, but you probably haven't. Hey, I want to hear from you. Our time is gone for today. And uh, would you write to me? I really would like to hear what you have to say. Your comments or your questions or whatever you think about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at my personal email, don at thinkreading.com. Don at thinkreading.com.
join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.